Hey, thanks for tuning into the Hammond New Harvest Church podcast. This is a special series by Pastor Brian Shaver called Don't Let Your Dream Die, The Study of Joseph. It's a five-part series streaming from the Hammond New Harvest Church in Hammond, Indiana, the perfect church for people who aren't. There was a show out of Chicago. It was, it, it, I'm about to share my age a little bit. Uh, it, was, it was on PBS. It was a kid's show. It was run by kids. The show was called Zoom. Come on and Zoom. Come on and Zoom, Zoom. Come on and Zoom. I want to Zoom, a Zoom, a Zoom. Anybody remember that? My sister, my sister actually, she started it. She, she started watching it before I did, so it's her fault. But they, they, had a, they had a skit. It's a real corny joke. Uh, but they, they had a skit that they would do all the time. And, and it'd say, there was a man that went in an airplane. And someone would say, oh, that's good. Oh, oh no, that's bad. The, the airplane motor failed. Oh. But, but there was a parachute in, in the airplane. Oh, that's good. Well, no, that's bad because the, the parachute wouldn't open and it had a hole in it. Oh. But, but as the man plumbing, he sees a haystack. Oh, that's good. Well, no, that's bad because there's a pitchfork in the haystack. But he missed the pitchfork. Oh, that's good. No, that's bad. He missed the haystack, right? <laughs> Anybody remember that? that, that that's good. That's bad. Uh, the joke, while, while corny, it, it reflects life. There are a lot of that's good and there's a lot of that's bad. There's a lot of ups and downs in our life. Have, have you ever seen people who seems like everything works out for them all the time? I mean... There are people just, yeah, I mean, there, there are people, if they fell in a pile of poop, they'd come out with a $100 bill. Can you, can you say poop when you're preaching, Louise? You can't? I have to edit that. I don't have a mute button. <laughs> uh, then, then there's others who, who seem to never catch a break. I mean, it seems like everything that can go wrong goes wrong, right? I, I said if it was raining soup, I'd get hit in the mouth with a bale of hay. There, 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 there seems to be people that are in one extreme or the other. It, 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 but, but the fact of the matter is we all have the ups and the downs. We all have the that's good and, and the, the that's bad moments. That, that's kind of what I thought about as you read through the, the story of Joseph. He experiences these highs and these lows. He experiences these mountains and these, these valleys. It, it, when, when you go through his story, when we talked about last week, his, his dad really loved him. And you say, oh, oh that's good. Well, that, that, that's bad because his, his brothers hated him. They're jealous of him. And, 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 and they were going to kill him, but then they decided not to. Oh, that's good. No, that's bad. They, they threw him in a cistern. Well, but then they took him out of the cistern, and you say, well, 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 that's good. Well, no, that's bad. They sold him into slavery. So, so over and over, Joseph goes through these circumstances where it looks like everything's about to work out for this guy, and then something flips, and you say, what in the world is going on? In our text, Joseph is, is sold as a, as a slave to Potiphar. Potiphar is a high-ranking, he is the vice president of Egypt. He is a high-ranking official under, under Pharaoh. And, and even in, in Joseph's pain, God blesses him. He, he quickly climbs the, the ladder as, as a servant, and, and he's, he's very gifted, and Potiphar recognizes his gifts, and, and notice why Joseph is successful. As you read through the story, you read this over and over, the Lord was with Joseph. That is powerful. You'll see it over and over, the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. So, so God is prospering him. He's blessing him. He, he's in Potiphar house and you say well that's good right well no that's bad the the plot thickens Joseph encounters temptation that's what I want to talk to you about today 
How do we face temptation and overcome it so that it doesn't kill our dream? And we all deal with temptation, right? Not, not just me, right? Make sure that I'm... Thank you. We, we, we face it in different ways. We, we, my temptation may not be yours. Yours may not be mine, but we face temptation. Some face it with money, handling finances honestly. There's the student who, who is tempted to, to cheat on the, on the exam. When I was in high school, I shouldn't tell you this. When I was in high school, I, I took an accounting class. I took an accounting class. Sorry, Dwayne, you're not going to like this one. Uh, it was the last hour of the day, eighth period, eighth hour. Well, there were some people in that class in sixth hour. And, and every Friday, he gave, an, he gave a quiz over the material through the week. Well, I was in seventh hour with the people who had just taken the quiz in sixth hour, and they graded their test, and they got it back. So they had a copy of the test that I am about to take. Bunch. What's that scripture you read about not judging, Miss Lisa? Didn't you read that at the beginning? Of That's, it's funny how the Lord just puts everything together, isn't it? And, uh, man, y'all, it's turned into a confession. Uh, so, I mean, the temptation was there. And I gave into it over and over. And I got caught. Did not work out well. But, but there's that te temptation hits us. There's, the, there's the, the man who works on his computer and he knows he's one click away from pulling up images that can gratify himself. There's some that face the daily battle of addiction, drugs or alcohol, and they, that it pulls on them and they battle that temptation day after day. The lady who's tempted to reach out to that old boyfriend on Facebook just to check and see how he's doing. The man who's tempted to be lazy while your family is crying out for your attention and you're constantly sending the, the message that the TV is more important than they are. These are temptations. Now, I don't know what your temptation is, but I know what mine is. And they're real. And everybody in here faces them. Everybody in here battles temptation from time to time. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. I love that verse. Because we have a tendency to think, I'm the only one facing this. Nobody else is going through this kind of temptation. But he says, they're no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. When I'm not faithful, he is. I love that. It, it's not my faithfulness that I'm counting on. It's his. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. I want to point out three things about temptation that we see in Joseph's story in Genesis 39. Here's the first thing. Don't focus on the temptation, but focus on your relationship with God. Can I tell you something? Satan is real. He's a very real devil. Now, I'm not talking about a cat walking around in red underwear and, and horns, but I'm talking about an evil one that desires to destroy you. He, he wants to do more than just cause you to have a bad day. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to damage your relationship with God. He wants to rob you of your dream. Now, here's what's going on. Joseph is very handsome and well-built young man. Potiphar's wife soon began to look lustfully at him and, and come sleep with me, she demanded. Now, that, that's not a subtle hint. It's pretty forward. I think she likes him. She's making moves. She's an aggressive cougar.
So Joseph has caught the eye of this woman. When I face temptations, I, I, I hear a voice. Not, not, not literal voices. I don't want you to think I'm hearing voice. pastors hearing voices. But, but there's that voice of reason inside. I, I've shared this story with you before, and, and I'll share it again. I, my, my mom, her, her friend growing up, we, we, she was like an aunt. Uh, she called us her, she called us, we call her our aunt. She called us her niece and nephew. And, and she was going, she was moving out, and, and she had a, had a big freezer that she was giving to her niece. And, and, and she says to me, you know, Brian, I'm giving the freezer to my niece. And she said, there's a bunch of stuff in there. I, I, I don't want it to be thrown away. Whatever's in there, here's the key, whatever's in there, you can have. Awesome. So I went in there, and I'm, 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 here's some hamburger, and here's bacon, and this meat, right? And all of a sudden, there was a tray, a styrofoam tray, like a carryout tray. And I opened it up, and there was envelopes in it. True story. True story. I opened the first envelope and counted there was $5,000 in crisp, cold, and literally cold, $100 bills. I opened the second envelope, there was $5,000 in $100 bills. I opened the third envelope, there was $5,000, right now I'm doing this, you know, $5,000. I opened the fourth envelope, there was $1,500. There was $16,500 in $100 bills in my hand that she obviously had forgotten about. And I, I heard the voice. You know what the voice said? She said anything in the freezer. <laughs> right? She said that I, I could have anything. And you, you ever hear that voice? I... I, I gave her the money back. I, I told you about me cheating in class. I got to tell you that I, I didn't. I didn't keep the money. I would think that she would say, "Man, Brian, that's awesome. You go ahead and keep that. Here's a reward." She didn't do that. I bet. I bet Joseph. I bet Joseph heard that voice. See, that's the voice, the evil one that desires to destroy you. We we hear that when we face temptation. What What do you think Joseph heard? It, look what you've been through, Joseph. Look what they've done to you. Have you ever heard that voice? You've been mistreated, Joseph. You've been hurt. Live a little. After all, you deserve to be happy. You ever hear that voice? You deserve this. It's about time something good comes your way. Enjoy your life, Joseph. Besides, if you turn her down, you ever hear this voice? If you turn her down, she can make your life miserable. Potiphar's gone. No one will ever know. Joseph refuses to listen to Satan's whispers. Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. He moves into his relationship with God. Wait a minute. I love God too much to give in to this. How can I do this wicked thing and sin against God? That is powerful when he hears the voice saying, go for it, Joseph. You deserve this. No, no, no. This is 
going to violate my relationship with God. Joseph loved God. And his love for God was so strong that the lure of this woman paled in comparison to his relationship with God. If you're facing temptation and it's overwhelming you, begin to focus on your love for God. God, I love you. I love you too much to do this. See, this isn't about being a good or bad. This isn't about being a better person. This is so much deeper than going to heaven one day, gaining heaven and escaping hell. It's deeper than that. It's about loving God so much that we don't want to damage that relationship. I love Him. He's been good to me. He's involved in your life. He cares about you. He loves you. My prayer is often, God, I love you. Help me to love you more. I've said these words to God. It's a strange prayer, I think, but I mean it. God, I don't love you enough. Help me to love you more so it'll keep me from the temptations in my life so that I'll live to please you. I saw something I'd never noticed before. In Genesis chapter 2, God gives Adam and Eve everything in the garden. Eat of all these trees. It's all yours. Fill up on it. Enjoy yourself. I've given you this beautiful garden. It's all yours except this one thing, that tree. Don't touch that tree. In Genesis 39, Joseph says, I've been given everything in my master's house except that one thing. You. You're his wife. Everything else is mine. Now watch this. Adam wants that one thing. Joseph resists that one thing. Adam falls. Joseph stands. Adam runs away from God. Joseph leans into God. Which example do you want to follow? I want to be one that leans on him and says, God, I love you. Help me stand through this because I love you and I love you because you first loved me. Somebody give him praise. Secondly, do whatever it takes to escape temptation. Can I be your pastor this morning? Can we talk about where we're at? See, we tell people, stay away from the temptation. Joseph couldn't do that. He is a slave in this household with this woman. He lives there. Verse 10, she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. He starts being very careful around her. He starts shying away from her. You know the story. One day he's doing his duties, and none of the other servants are around. Potiphar's wife grabs his clothes and says, right now, I like you. He slips out of his clothes and runs out of the house. Now you think about this. He would rather run out in his underwear than stay in the house with this tempting woman. He chose to be humiliated rather than to tarnish his integrity. Sometimes when we're faced with temptation, we think we can handle it. I got this. I'm all right. I got this. And we tend to overestimate our ability to stand against temptations that come into our life. And it hits us over and over and over. Am I talking to anybody? It hits us over and over until sometimes we give in and we fall and we fail and we're filled with regret and we're filled with shame and we feel like, God, can't, can God forgive me again? That's not Joseph's story. He knew his own weakness, so he runs. I think sometimes in order to walk with God, we have to run from temptation. If you've faced, if you're facing temptation in your life and if you're growing weak, Get away from it. Run. Don't keep toying with it. Sometimes we try to get as close to we, as we can to it and say, I'm strong. I, I can handle this. And, and, and when I do that, I fail every time. 
Anybody else? We forget the seriousness of sin. Sin is serious. I, I forget that my sin wounds my relationship with God. I forget that it costs me some. It costs me my joy. It costs me my relationship with others. It costs me my peace. I can't afford to play with temptation. Joseph ran out of the house to keep from giving in. Now, now here's the third thing, and this is, this is the hard thing. This is what we don't like, but I, I just want to be honest with you. Here, here, here's the thing. Obedience doesn't always end the way we think it should. Joseph makes this decision, I'm, I'm going to honor God. And, and what happens to him? God honored him, right? And, and, and Potiphar comes home and finds out about it, and he promotes him, right? He, he, he comes home and he says, man, you're, you're such a, you're, you're a pure young man and you've withstood the temptation of my wife. I'm, I'm going to give you more. Is that what happened? He's not given riches. He's not rewarded. That's not in the KSV, the King James Version. That's not in the NKSV, the New King James Version. It's not in the NIV, the New International Version, or the, or the NLT, the New Living Translation. That's in the BSV. The Brian Shaver version. I know what you're thinking. Shame on you. Shame on you. Yeah, who's judging who now? Debbie's just shaking her head at me. You gotta pray for me. See, you would think that obeying God would, would end with him being blessed. You would think that him obeying God would end with him being happy. Him, if, if I was writing, if it was a Brian Shaver version, he would be exalted because he did the right thing. But that, that, that's not what happens. It doesn't always end like that. Can I tell you the truth? You can obey God and things not get any better. You can obey God and things go worse. Joseph overcomes this incredible temptation. And I say, come on, God. Honor him. Bless him. Do something awesome for him, but that's not how it unfolds. And in reality, that's not how it unfolds in your life either. There have been times that you've been obedient. There have been times you've done the right thing, and God didn't reward you the way that you thought he should or the way that you wanted. Am I telling the truth? Verses 13 through 15, when she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. And when he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me. And Joseph's life continues to be filled with the ups and the downs. The, That's good. Oh, no, 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 it's bad moments. And there's going to be times in your life that you're going to think it's good. Oh, oh no, it's bad. And you're going to think, it's going up, and and only to find out that it's going down. And and there's going to be those times that that you're going to wonder, what is God doing? God, I'm doing, I did the right thing. Why is it unfolding like this? But God wants your faithfulness. He wants your eyes fixed on him when it's good, and he wants your eyes fixed on him when it's bad. Even when you don't see the benefit of overcoming temptation, even when Satan is whispering in your ear and God is silent, we strive to obey. We trust his plan, and I dare you hold on to your dream. Mrs. Potiphar holds on to Joseph's clothing, and she uses it for evidence, and she, she turns on the drama, and she turns on the tears, and she says, look, this guy came in to take advantage of me. 
me. Potiphar gets home and she says, that Hebrew slave tried to take advantage of me. Look, he left his clothes. And Potiphar is livid. He's angry and he throws Joseph in prison. So just when you thought it was a that's good moment for Joseph, it turns into a no, no, that's, that's bad. And he finds himself in a dungeon. And we read the story and we want to shout, God, that's not fair. Neither is life. Because there's times in your life that you're going to say, God, this doesn't feel fair. Especially when you can only see one side of the tapestry. Remember this last week? This is the side that, this is the side we see. That's the back side. It looks like a jumbled mess. But what God sees is what he's working on and what he's perfecting and what he's performing in your life. And so we say, God, I don't understand. I don't see what you're doing, but I trust you. I want to walk in this relationship with you. Now, here's the fact. That sounds good in a sermon. That'll preach, right? Preach as well. But imagine what's going on in Joseph's mind. He did what was right. He honored God. And he's sitting in a dungeon for a crime he didn't commit. He is an innocent man. And he's saying, God, what's going on? So I've pastored long enough to see people who have lives that honor God. And they stand strong. And they love Jesus. And they do the right thing. And I've seen those same people persecuted, abused, mistreated, rejected, hurt, going through some things. And I've said the same thing. God, that's not fair. But in the journey, you will have some incredible ups and you'll have some painful downs. But God is still working in your pain. This is some meat, folks. This isn't, this isn't a tickle your ears sermon. This isn't a pump you up. Everything's going to work out all right tomorrow. This is a trust God even in your pain. Because the fact of the matter is there are some people here who are going through painful situations. And you've stood it through, the, through the temptation. You've, you've done the right thing. And you're wondering, God, when's this going to pay off? Joseph went from being known as a man of integrity to being accused of attempted rape of the vice president's wife. It does not look good for him. He made the right decision and is sent to prison. And in my version, in the, in the Brian Shaver version, I say that's bad. And God says, nope, that's good. In Genesis 39, 21 through 23, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph. That is a phrase you will cling to all through this story. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison. Wait a minute. If the Lord was with him, he should have got out. Nope. The Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. See, just when you think it's hopeless, God intervenes again. And he wraps his arms around you again. And he says, I love you and I'm still with you. The Lord was with him. You, you know what? When, when things are going good, we know he's with us. We say, oh, the Lord's been with me this week. What a great week it's been. I know he's with me. Here's what he wants you to get. He's with you in the bad things. He's with you when you don't understand. He's with you in the hurt. He's with you when, when circumstances are going completely contrary to the way that you thought they should go. God, help us to stand strong in those times of temptation. Well, here's the question. Here's the question for me. What about, what about the temptations I've given into? See, I haven't always been Joseph. I don't always do the right thing. So what happens when we give in 
We rely on his amazing grace. And I want to tell someone he forgives you of everything you've ever done, no matter how bad you think it is, no matter how many people can't forgive you, no matter how many times you can't forgive yourself, he forgives you. There's not a thing in your life when you turn it over to him that he said, no, no, that was too bad. We rely on his great grace. Stand with me. Thanks for tuning into the Hammond New Harvest Church Podcast. We'd love to have you visit our Sunday service at 11 a.m., Hammond New Harvest Church is located at 1421 173rd Street in Hammond, Indiana. For other information, news, and events, follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Hammond New Harvest. We are the perfect church for people who aren't. Thanks and God bless.